Welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Castle Podcast. I'm Joel Fragamani. Going to tell you what's going on this week at the Comedy Castle. Got a fun interview with our headliner, Nick Griffin, later. We'll talk more about that in just a couple of minutes here. Because I want to tell you about a couple of events that we've got coming up this week. In fact, tonight, as probably most of you listen to this, the day it comes out, Tuesday, December 12th of 2023, Brett Hayden's Comedy Rumble is at the Comedy Castle. That's 30 comedians. I could read you all of their names. They're all up on ComedyCastle.com, but you can go read them for yourself. And uh, that's a fun show. They compete professional wrestling style till there's only one left. And that's the winner. They get 90 seconds. And somebody wins. And 29 people lose, I guess. (laughs) There's judges. It's a whole thing. But you guys come out and see that one. That's on Tuesday night at 7.30. Wednesday, the 13th at 7.30. Another comedy class showcase. This is the 101 comedy class, the beginner class. And, you know, this is a big one. You want to give somebody that loves comedy a chance to do it? Sign them up for the 101 comedy class. It's the holidays. Spend a couple of bucks. We'll be working with Bill Bouchard. Bill's awesome. He'll teach you how to do comedy as much as you can. And then when you do that, you can take the advanced comedy class with me. If you're feeling like it's a thing you want to do maybe for a living, for some money, make a career for yourself in this business, uh, you can do that with me. And that'll start January 13th of next year. So you can call the Comedy Castle at 248-542-9900 to find out more about our classes. And then Thursday through Saturday, starting on uh, Thursday the 14th here of December, uh, Nick Griffin at 7.30 p.m. Shows on Friday at 7.15 and 9.45 p.m. And Saturday the 16th, Nick performs at 7 p.m. and 9.30 again. ComedyCastle.com. We've got your tickets. And uh, we got Jake Ford and Carl Johnson opening. A couple funny dudes. You know, I'm about to say it. Jake Ford was my student. Love that guy. <laughs> I think Jake's been in New York City pursuing comedy. So it'll be fun to see him back in town. And and Carl's uh, been around. I remember last time Carl was there at our club. It was super funny. So you're getting a great show. I mean, I love this Nick Griffin. I got to tell you more about him. Let's just get into that. I mean, so much to say. You know, I I watched his special. It's called Absolutely Wonderful. And it's just shot at uh, one of the comedy sellers. There's multiple now. They're multiplying that comedy seller. And he's there. And he's... Uh, speaking uh, very frankly, it's, it's very, it, the way it's shot is, is interesting. And, and unlike a lot of comedy specials where it's, it's very, uh, what would you call it? Uh, very sort of fly on the wall. Look, and Nick's comedy, you know, is hilarious. He's, he's angry at times. He's sarcastic. Uh, he has his own flaws, which he speaks about. Uh, and you'll hear me talk about some of the things he said in the special. And you'll hear some of this this weekend at the Comedy Castle. He has some of the best jokes that I've ever heard about the pandemic and how we reacted to it. We talk a lot about uh, the old guy bars 
and how he is an older guy now can do an old guy bar. And I got an old guy story for you in there too. Old guy bar story. <laughs> Something that happened to me. You'll hear that. But you sort of hear how Nick now at his age with his level of experience in comedy uh, and, and, and how he get there, how he got there, how he's finding his voice starting out big family, uh, uh, you know, Kansas City, Missouri. We talk about rock and roll concerts at the Kemper Arena. <laughs> it's interesting how we got into that, but we'll get into that, too. Um, and then we talk about a couple of, of my favorite and his favorite comics that we've both worked that, that we one of them we both worked with. That's the great Bobby Slayton. And Bobby, if you hear this, just I just want you to know that I, Joel Fragameni, and the staff of the Comedy Castle love you so very much. You are one of my all-time favorites, if not the all-time favorite. And I know you work with Nick. And Nick is carrying on your tradition, my man. But we want you back at the club. If you feel like doing some comedy, please come out to Royal Oak and work with us. And, and uh, the amazing Colin Quinn, who, as I recorded this interview on Monday, I, I looked up the Comedy Cellar schedule. And literally the very first thing that popped up on that Monday, Colin Quinn with Nick Griffin. I said, what a show. I mean, come on, two geniuses. And I really, I really feel that way about Nick now. I mean, the guy is, uh, the guy's deep and funny and, uh, and you might look at Nick and go, boy, this guy's guy's wound tight. He's edgy. He's, he's all this, but I think the way that he describes life and how we as people deal with it you're going to relate to it. He is us. Uh, maybe he carries it differently. But I think that's where his comedy really hits you. It really hits you as, you know, this guy's funny. He's angry. It all makes sense. He's not perfect. We'll not, we're not perfect. Maybe his comedy's perfect. Maybe that's what he's finally nailed here. Uh... I really think you're going to enjoy this interview. Let's get to it right now. I'm going to take you right to the call. Nick Griffin, enjoy this, guys. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the other end of my line, I'm I'm uh, really uh, happy to talk to Nick Griffin. How are you, Nick? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're coming to the Comedy Castle. I I, I believe you've been at our club before. Yeah, four or five times. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's one of my faves. Right. I, I'm I'm trying to remember if we've ever met. I work the door there, and I'm a comic, and I you know maybe I run into you. Maybe I don't know. I'm. But I'll I tell you, think. these jokes, this this new special, and everything I've been watching for the last few days—unbelievable stuff, man. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, I. Um... I've been working on it. I mean, I, I, I'm not one of those guys who's able to really pump out a special every year because mm -hmm. my my jokes are so short and tiny that uh, it takes <laughs> it takes a few more years to accumulate some time. But uh, yeah, I'm very happy with it, and um, it came out, um, you know, about as good as I could have hoped. Yeah. Do you feel that because uh, you've been in in comedy now? I don't know how many years, but. Uh... Jeez, a lot. A I'd lot. say 35. 30, yeah, but do you feel that uh, like your voice changes over this time, over this span, 
like what you're doing now versus what you were doing even 10 years ago or yeah i think maybe like well definitely when i first started i was doing um you know some version of you know richard lewis and i don't know george carlin or something some some something like that but um you know because you're a kid i i was 20 when i first went on and i didn't really have much to talk about Mm -hmm. it didn't really know who i was and all that stuff and um i uh i you know you obviously grow and i've been through some stuff (laughs) i got divorced and um uh you know been through a bunch of relationships and just you know lived life and um but i feel like maybe the last 10 years I was really happy with, you know, where my comedy has gone. Um, you know, I guess I, I, comics, as you know, are notoriously, um, you know, cranky. And so I, I never feel like I'm just there yet. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the last 10 years, I feel like, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of doing the stuff that that I um, you maybe was meant to do or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, because you're doing, uh, I mean, even the opening of the, the new special, you know, talking about old guys versus young guys and old guy bars. And, you know, I'm 51 and I'm I'm relating to the old guy stuff now. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, mean, I have to stop myself from having every other joke be um, I'm old and you guys are young. And um, but uh, yeah, and that's like probably my favorite stuff from the new special is the old guy bars and um um, it just, it, it hit me one day and it just kind of all fell into place. So it doesn't happen that often that way, but, um, it did. And I, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. I, I, uh, had a, I had an old guy bar re- experience recently, if I can tell you about that. I think. Yeah, sure. So my, uh, my comedic mentor was a guy named Bill Hildebrandt and Bill would always uh-huh. hang out at the old guy bar. So if I did a gig with Bill, we're going to the, it was called the Royal Inn in Royal Oak. It's not really near the club. It's another part of Royal Oak, but and he uh-huh. said, let's go to the Royal Inn. And it's, it's the typical old guy bar. It's exactly as you describe it in the special. Like it's perfect. And everybody knows Bill. Like he's the mayor of the Royal Inn when he walks in there, you know, everybody knows. Right. That. Well, Bill unfortunately passed away during the pandemic. And mm-hmm. this is about two years ago, right? And uh, a comic yeah. wanted to go to a bar after our show at the Comedy Castle. And I said, well, it's been a couple of years and, and, you know, Bill died. But why don't we go to his watering hole? You know, the old guy bar. And uh, so I walk in and I'm like, hey, guy, you know, bar top bartender. I go, yeah, you know, I was a friend of Bill. You know, remember Bill? And they're like, well, we don't we don't know who the fuck Bill is. He's a comic. <laughs> and I'm a comic and I used to come in with him. And they were like, we don't know who the fuck you're talking about. That's so funny. You know, I was like, man, I thought that was special, his relationship to the Royal Inn. I guess not. Well, it's so funny because, you know, that's the thing. No one's talking. So yeah. no one's exchanging right. information. No one knows who <laughs> anyone is. And that's great. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, we'll drink. <laughs> well, when I was young, I drank a lot. And I mean, as, as, as we all do. And um, I... Um, I was kind of one of those guys who just wanted to go hang out at these old bars mm-hmm. and pretend like I was Tom Waits or something. <laughs> and uh, right, yeah. that I had the weight of the world on my shoulders, even though I, I really didn't. But, um, 
Yeah, so that's I spent plenty of time in those bars, and I, I, I and I'm glad I did. I mean, you, you meet uh, older people and get some information, and uh, yeah, you kind of see the future. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I used to drink at the uh, we were 18. We'd go to the it was called the Gaelic League. The Irish oh. club, like the private club, and they'd let us drink. Right. They would. They would. They said, if you're old enough to die for your country, you're old enough to drink. Oh, that's great. That's what yeah. he said with a thick Irish accent. I remember the doorman saying that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was, I did the same things, man. Oh, God, I remember parking my bike outside a bar when we were kids and uh, going in and having drinks. It was like you said, they were just happy to, you know, have a couple more bucks for the deal. Right. That's it. Well, uh, and then, um, you know, I'm looking at, so, so let's talk about uh, the comedy cellar, which, uh, you know, I go to your website and it's like every night at the comedy cellar and uh, Mm -hmm. check the lineup. And I go check the lot. I check the lineup right before I call you. And it's, Tonight, Nick Griffin with Colin Quinn. I go, whoa, what a fucking show that is. Holy shit. My goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down at the cellar quite a bit. And um, as you know, Colin, uh, you know, is always uh, working on a new hour, new one man show yeah. kind of thing. And, That's the uh, thing. Yeah. Monday night with he, Colin. Yeah. He's always. Doing yeah. yeah. And, and just in the last probably I would say four years he started uh, I, I I got paired with him once and we just mm-hmm. kind of hit it off right. and uh, and it's just great for me. I mean, I, I, I think Colin is one of the greatest comics that ever lived and just so prolific and so wise and seen it all and done it all. And um, it's just like such a privilege. So it's really kind of, even though I'm working, it's like a night off for me when I yeah. go down there and work, it's just, uh, yeah, it's like hanging out at the old guy bar, except neither of us drink. <laughs> right. Yeah, Colin is, if, if you're listening to this and you're not, uh, if you only know Colin Quinn from like remote control or something, you may want to check in on what he's been up to because he's brilliant. Yeah, um, right. But let's, uh, so, so let's talk about the road versus the cellar and sort of that yeah. long form headlining spot versus what you might do in a, in a showcase show. How do you, what's is different energy for you is one easier than the other. Yeah, I would definitely say um, it's def it's different energy. Um, I probably go up with a little more energy when I'm headlining, um, especially at the cellar where I've been playing for so many years, I'm pretty relaxed. I can, you know, start slow, but you know, you know, as well as anybody, you know, when you're on the road, you don't know what's happening. You don't know what kind of audience you're getting. So sometimes you really have to go out there and, and grab them quickly. So, um, that's generally my, uh, philosophy when I started. And, uh, um, I was never one of those guys that I remember being a kid and seeing guys who didn't have a ton of material, but with headline, and I remember, I never had the confidence to go up there and yeah. you know just wing it right. for twenty of the forty-five minutes. So, um, you know, my journey to be a headliner was uh, was a long one. I uh, I used to work with um, 
well, I probably worked with this guy. Probably five years I worked with Bobby Slayton. I oh. was his middle act for. Oh, my God. Uh, I could talk to you about Bobby Slayton for an hour, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the greatest. And, Absolutely. Uh, so nice. Yeah. And, um, and he was another guy who, you know, kind of helped me kick mm-hmm. some of my bad habits of, um, you know, just going up there slow and, and meandering and um, just not getting to the point. I, um, and we played a lot of good rooms together and we played some bad rooms together. But I just overall, I've learned that um, I kind of got to jump on them quickly because uh, especially if, you know, the audience doesn't find uh, or doesn't think you're in control of the situation, things can go sideways yeah, pretty yeah. quick. Well, Bobby Slayton, I opened for him. So I'll tell you this story. This is a great At the castle? No, this was a different club in town. This was Joey's Comedy Club in Dearborn, Michigan. And wow. um, so I, op- I opened for him a couple times. I might have opened for him at the castle at one point, too. I know I saw him there m- many times. But uh, so I'm, I'm not a thin man. You know, I'm, I'm what I most people would call stocky. That maybe mm-hmm. not obese. And I, I was the MC, so I was a couple years in. And then we had a feature act, a lady named Chrissy Burns, who, you know, was 300 pounds on a good day. And she, she's gone. Wow. So rest yeah. in peace. Hilarious lady. Right. And Bobby comes up his first line. Bobby walks on stage at Joey's Dearborn and says, give it up for the fat guy in the fat broad. That was the oh first line of the show. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not hard for me to believe. I mean, just oh always God. got to... it, it, just he would. There was no there's nothing he won't say. Bobby Slayton. There's nothing he won't say. The first gig I did with him was in um, the Funny Bone in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, I don't know, maybe 92 or something. And uh, I was at. I was at the bar. Uh, I had a glass of water in front of me, but I was drinking um, Pepto Bismol before the show. I used to get so nervous before wow. shows. Okay. And he's he, he. I hadn't even met him yet. Yeah. And he comes up to me. He goes, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> I said, "Oh, I I I, I sometimes drink this stuff because I get nervous before the show." And he goes, "Have a vodka. Come on. What are you, an idiot?" And uh, and our kind of uh, our relationship took off from there. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 a legend, man, for sure. If you, he you really know. is a legend, really. yeah. And, and we still talk. So does, does he tour anymore? Is he doing shows? No, he doesn't. He's kind of for the most part retired. He does voiceover work um, for uh, Skechers tennis shoes. Um, there's a bunch of voiceover work for them. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of hangs out in his house with the pool. Well, we miss him, man. He was, he's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and let's talk a little bit uh, too about the pandemic because some of that's in the special. And, uh, you know, like I said, I lost, I lost a couple friends. I told you about Bill, but more, another comic, good buddy of mine died. And, uh, it was tough. I think your line and, and I'm probably going to butcher it. So maybe you should do it about, uh, what, what you, you were depressed about being lonely. And then did you know the word I'm getting at here? I can't remember. <laughs> You said you're the pandemic and you're isolating and you're lonely. And then oh, you, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Go I ahead said I was, yeah, I, uh, 
I was, uh, you know, I, I was isolated during the uh, pandemic. I, I, for a while, I thought I was lonely. Then I got around a bunch of people and I was like, well, that's not it. <laughs> that is so true. And so yeah. many people can relate to that. Uh, yeah, that was it. We all sat around. You know, our club was closed for 14 months, so I wasn't working. And then you get around people and it's the same shit it was before the pandemic. I didn't think I'd ever go I never thought I'd go, geez, two weeks without a gig and, yeah. uh, you know, without doing stand-up of some sort. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't remember the the exact number of months, but it, it was probably six, seven months before I yeah. they started doing um, stand-up in the park and stand-up okay, on the rooftops. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that was wild. Mm-hmm. Um very escape from New Yorky kind of in yeah. uh, in New York. Just uh, a lot of people wandering the streets and then checking the, um, you know, <clears throat> the numbers at the end of the day to see who how many people had passed. So it was uh, that was a bummer. But um, so many guys, you know, it's just so. I mean, it's, you get the fever of being a stand up and you just can't kick it. So mm-hmm. somebody find, figures out a way and. And it continues. So, um, yeah, those guys who are doing rooftop shows and alleyway shows, I mean, God bless them. Um, kind of kept us going for a little while. Yeah, well, the, the people came back, though. That's the good thing. And, and, oh, and, yeah. And they, well, there's such a desire still on people's parts to see shows, whether it be comedy sure. shows, concerts, whatever it is, um, just because they could not do it for a certain amount of time there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we also we played your uh we played one of your Colbert clips for the last few weeks. Oh great. <laughs> before you know, before we run the previews of who's coming up and your concert thing. Killer even on tape in front of people. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because I look at that every I don't know, couple years or whatever yeah. and I see how it went and I I think, God, I wish there weren't so many restrictions on TV yeah. that I could say it the way I wanted to. But yeah, it still came <laughs> off pretty well. And, yeah, it was um, great. Yeah, it's uh, it's another piece that I uh, hate to say piece sounds pretentious, but uh, <laughs> another bit that sounds uh, that I that I really liked. And I spent a lot of time in. Um, I was. Uh, in Kansas, I grew up in Kansas, so I was in Kansas in, during my childhood and went to a lot of heavy metal shows okay. with my older brother, and I really soaked in that kind of cheesy um, lead singer yeah. pattern that they always had. Right. Did you? So, yeah, they they get you hyped up. <laughs> sure, they. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah, absolutely. Are you ready to rock? Yeah, of course we're ready to rock. We. Pay for parking. We bought a ticket. <laughs> Here we are. Let's go. Let's get it going. And uh, I think that the, the uh, it, it's just so silly, but it 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 really. Uh, I felt like I had something when I first got the first little joke from that yeah. chunk. So relatable. Did you go to Did you go to Kemper Arena for concerts? Is that your time? Oh my God, you're insane! How do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to tell you how I know it, and this will be fun this weekend. Uh, we got a waitress from Kansas City. 
Uh, oh, you a, do? A girl named Melina. And she. we uh-huh. literally, I think we're talking, I, I, maybe it's because your clip was playing. We started talking about concerts. And she goes, yeah, I got thrown out of Def Leppard at the Kemper Arena. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. That's so wonderful, yeah, though. Because that I great? Mean- She's about oh my, my age. Yeah, she's she's not a late forties or something. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I I I went to uh, God. Who was it? I can't remember the lineup, but I think it was like Scorpions. Okay, yeah, Cheap Trick and somebody else. And I I just sat there, and then I, I went with my brother, so we just pounded beers. And I mean, <laughs> I threw up all of Cheap Trick and slept the rest of the show, and. Um, Oh my! Yeah, all at Kemper Arena. I okay. remember seeing. Yeah, I remember seeing Van Halen at okay. Kemper Arena. Yeah. Uh, Judas Pre. I mean, the list goes on and on. ACDC, who I still yeah listen to all the time. Uh-huh. And uh, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> we got those. We had Cobo Arena in Detroit. The Palace of Auburn Hills is gone now, and used to see ACDC there. The night of my high school graduation. A bunch of us went to Pine Knob. That's the outdoor amphitheater thing. Right. In Detroit. Been there forever. And uh, I remember laying on the hill, being so drunk with the Steve Miller band playing. And I I never saw Steve Miller. (laughs) (laughs) I heard the music. Uh, I remember that much, but I remember never seeing Steve himself. This was before yeah. screens and stuff too, so you had to actually look at the fucking guy. And I was, I was on my back, loaded. Oh my god! Eighteen years yeah. old. So many times, yeah. and if I wasn't at Kemp Arena at a concert, I was in a car, you know, and doing the same thing, you know, cranking ACDC right. or Judas Priest, mm-hmm. and just opening the card, you know, window so I could barf and. <laughs> uh, I mean that was that was Midwest yeah. weekends Absolutely. for us. That, that's all we did. We'd go find a park there where no one was at and just sit there and drink and smoke <laughs> cigarettes. And, oh my god, that was that was my childhood. I just yeah. went, you know made my parents you know hair go gray early. Yeah, we used to we knowing used to, I was out there running around. We used to drink at the cemetery at night. <laughs> Oh, see, that's great. That's yeah, something I never did. There was no, well, we lived uh, like the subdivision I grew up in backed into a cemetery. So you just had to get over a creek that was about two feet wide. And you, right, you, had, your yeah. 40, you had your 40 ounce. And oh. uh, some of these guys have these big, like, stone thrones as their memorials and stuff. Sure. So you just sit on that and drink your 40. Oh, that just nothing sounds cooler <laughs> to me than that. It sounds like a. John Carpenter movie. I don't know. I think I'd be in jail if I did that today. Right? <laughs> they would not. They would. You know, if you're 18, they know what you're up to. But it's like, hey, you got a home. What are you doing in the cemetery? Yeah. Oh, of course. I think I'm trying to fuck a corpse or something in there. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably is something I would have done when I was 18 if I was going to be an sure, age to yeah, do that. Dare. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I was so horny Absolutely. as a teenager. You kidding? Oh my god! It's ridiculous. I think you, bring, you bring that up too, right? About uh, you know now you're older and you're not horny all the time, and it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just kind of, I mean, you know, the switch went off, not off, but it went down a bit. Yeah, you know, the you're volume right. went down. Sure. Um, but it is like I was a Catholic boy, and. Yeah, me um, too. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that just going to Catholic school and um, being taught what you're taught, it just it makes you ten times hornier. I, I don't know why, <laughs> but it just it makes it worse somehow. Yeah, they will tell you what you can't do, makes you want to do it. What you can't do, exactly. Yeah. It just it makes you, God, dude. Come on, Catholics, get with it. Meanwhile, yeah. they're all doing it in one way or another, and then you're not oh, supposed to know. What the fuck? Yeah, I have uh, six brothers and sisters, okay. and when yeah. I was when I was young, everyone had three, four, five brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you knew everyone was doing it, but it just uh, it was so forbidden to talk about. Yeah, my mom was ca- my mom Catholic, one of eleven kids. My mom. Wow. And they lived in like a two bedroom house. <laughs> yeah. With eleven kids. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, man. It was that sort of post war, you know, thing. It made it work. I remember pulling up to the Catholic school when I was a kid going to school and seeing these little families of like they look like ducklings. It was like five <laughs> or six five or six kids walking into the school, you know, for, for different families all had seven, eight kids. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's insane. Yeah. Insane. Catholic. And now I'll babysit my, you know, nieces and they'll be, you know, uh, there, I remember babysitting, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And they were, you know, there's three of them and I want to kill myself. <laughs> and, uh, my parents had seven. Yeah. That's a lot. It is a lot. Did you, where are you in the ages? Where, where'd you fall there? Well, I had an older brother, had an older sister, and then I had two uh, brothers and two sisters uh, underneath me. And, um, you know, my older brother was like my hero. He, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he had, uh, or he is my hero. He had, uh, I always had firecracker, you know, just really <laughs> yeah. tame yeah. suburban stuff. And he knew what cursing was and where babies mm-hmm. came from yeah. and, uh, we used to set stuff on fire, just you know, classic yeah, my American stuff. My my older brother gave me weed for the first time. <laughs> well, I had some experience. <laughs> I had some experience it. with that as well. Yeah, yeah. brother gives you weed, take you know, introduces you it's to Led Zeppelin. He's yeah. okay. Then. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. He's yeah. He's been divorced twice, but you know we're not going to go there because that's as has my not brother reflecting on uh, how he lived his teenage years. But, no, uh, my brother's <laughs> been divorced twice as well. So funny. <laughs> well, you know it's uh, it happens. I'm I'm unmarried, but I I may be getting married. So at my age. So. Oh, soon. Well, we're not engaged, but she wants to be, and I'm kind of like. Right. You know what? I might as well do this because, sure. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I could die tomorrow. So you might as well be married, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I, with you on that. Right. I mean, I'm no genius. I tried it once. It didn't right. work out. And I've been threatening to do it for, you know, 20 years with various people. So um, <laughs> I would uh, I would not uh, I would not discourage you from it. OK, well, you know. We'll see what's uh, yeah. I want it, and then she wants kids. She's younger than me. She oh can have kids, God. and I'm 51, and I'm like, boy, I, I mean, I, I think those kids are gonna have some trauma in their life because <laughs> <laughs> you know it's gonna be, uh, it's not gonna be a Disney movie when their dad dies. Young, right, you know? it's right. I'm not gonna be killed by the bad guys. I'm gonna be killed by you know 
diabetes or something. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Well, we might do. You know, who knows? Who can say that I'm going to have bad kids just because I'm old? I'm wise. I've still yeah, lived sure. Life. That's what uh, getting older is. You just uh, yeah. accumulate more, more smarts. Teach those kids what to do and what not to do. Sure. They're going to be keep them away from the old weed there, and uh... I'm going to tell them you go drink in the cemetery now. Get that out of your system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're in your thirties, you hold the job down, but now, now you fuck up. When you're a teenager, but do you remember how young you were when you were drinking and smoking and you're thinking, God, I'm, I'm so grown up. And then I see kids my age now hmm. and I think, God, those are tiny kids. Yeah. Who were, yeah I, mean, I was just a, I was a little run. I was probably 98 pounds yeah. when I was smoking and drinking. Yeah, I think I think I got drunk at 17, probably for the first time. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I started it was a little, a little later, earlier. but uh, yeah, some did earlier. But, uh, yeah. you know, I remember like my parents would leave and we would do the liquor cabinet, you know, the classic sure. drink it and then fill it up with water, mark the line on the bottle, drink yeah. a little bit, fill it up. So they didn't know. So we would drink. I remember we I think we emptied the amaretto eventually after a few <laughs> and the first three, four times we were alone, the amaretto went away and. I can't remember right. if we put iced tea in there or something to to make it look like it was a liquor, but uh, yeah, something Very like that. Funny. So we did that, and then when the when the guys when we all could drive, then it was like, all right, who's got a house? Let's go there. And you're drinking yeah. there, and then when no one had a house, you drink in the cemetery or the parking lot or wherever, wherever you were. Yeah, totally. I mean, I just. There used to be, well, there didn't used to be, there still is a little creek that ran through town in our little suburb. And I remember, you know, we just go down sitting in its leaves and smoke and <laughs> drink like some sort of, I don't know, hoodlum rat yeah, or something. Right. Yeah. I think I'd hate myself if I saw me walking down the street at 17. Now. Oh, my yeah, God. I mean, I'd be what's, like... what's with that kid? <laughs> that's not good right there that yeah. is not something good. look at look at myself then and go what's with his hair what the fuck <laughs> kid needs to get a life yeah get it together did kid. eventually oh, i'll tell you this story let's get out on this about the comedy seller because this is the thing and i tell comics this anyone especially the guys that work the seller and people that know it well always say to me you are that you're the dumbest motherfucker in the world for doing this this is what they tell me so I was at New York University in 1996, and I had my dad begged my dad to send me there for a summer to study film. Right. <clears throat> so I was living I was living on Washington Square West, right, right there on the park, and where you dorm. And I would leave. Uh, I'd have night classes, and I'd get out at whatever 10 o'clock or something, and I'd go walking trying to get something to eat because my roommates were. Wall Street interns and shit. So they were getting up at five. So I had right. to spend the evenings in New York City out. So I'd head down. I'd head down McDougal and I'd go to the pizzeria at third and McDougal and I'd walk by the cellar. And this is 96. There'd be a lady out there with a clipboard oh, no. saying, do you want to come to the comedy cellar and watch the show? You know, they were begging people to come into the club in 96, you sure. know, especially during the week. They, you know, they couldn't sell tickets. And I'd go, you know, and my thing is I had always wanted to be a comic, but because my dad was footing the bill for college, if I did comedy, he would have fucking killed me. 
Sure. <laughs> so in <Same>. 96, <clears throat> I must have walked by the comedy cellar 50 times and been offered free tickets and always turned them down. Oh, my God. I know. So, and that was that was uh, the golden years, I know. pretty much. I would have met everybody. That's yeah. anybody now. Trees and yeah. Colin and yeah. Geraldo and Attell and yeah. oh my god! I know I could have been, and I probably would have eventually talked. But this is in my head. I go, I would have seen Attell in '96 and gone up to him and said, "Hey, I'd like to do comedy." And then I'd see, you know, I I would have started comedy then instead of when I did, which was you know after college. Right, and it's true though. But like when you first. As soon as I saw it, I was like, wow, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. And then I did it once, and I was kind of hooked, and that was right. That was the end, for better or worse. That, uh, <laughs> so you got yeah. to be careful when you do it. Cause you got to, yeah. Yeah, because, the, the, you know, Greenwich Village is riddled with guys who – and you can see all the, the – um, what are they called um, – Guys out there barking for the other yeah, comedy yeah. clubs, the little other bars that have comedy, and uh, you know it's it's a tough road. Yeah, man. well, it's different now with so many people in it. You know, and uh, I mean, of our our scene in Detroit. When I so I started eventually in '99 after I was out of college, but um, uh-huh. you know, our open mic scene was like 20 guys, and maybe one. I mean, guys, not like maybe one girl. That would show up uh-huh. once in a while. It was like 20 guys in Detroit. Now we do open mic at the Comedy Castle, and we tell them call a week ahead. We get 70 people calling, wanting to do those spots now. So it's it's so much harder to start now. Absolutely. And yeah. I'll play, um, you know, Peoria or Tulsa or whatever, and they'll, um, on like Thursday or Wednesday, I'll go on after the open mic night. And you're right. There's 50 yeah. goddamn. Con- it doesn't matter what yeah. town it is. Right. And I uh, just, I can't believe it. And, and I think uh, because of the sort of proliferation of the internet and, and, you know, material and podcasts and stuff that people can watch. I think a lot of these guys are good. And I think they're maybe better sooner than they maybe would have been. <laughs> But it's still you have this glut of guys who aren't working just because there's no place to work them. Yeah, there's just yeah, there's, there's just so many and so you know limited amount of clubs and um, and, I, and I think it's harder to get into clubs. Yeah, you know, when I was yeah. when I started, people would say, you know, I started, <clears throat> pardon me, in Kansas City, and and I'd do a week with somebody, and they go, I. I work this club in Des Moines. I'll call them and let them know you can work there. And, you know, that was yeah, it. I didn't have to do it, anything yeah. else. And yeah, that's not the way it is anymore. And I tell people, you know, I said, I, I emceed shows at the Comedy Castle on the weekend, you know, eight months in or something. And, you know, now that's three, a three, four year journey for some guy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. the same. I probably started. Yeah. yeah. A year, maybe 10 months yeah. after I uh, started doing open mics. Yeah, I mean, I did. I did remember did shows with Lewis Black two years in, and I was wow, like, "This is it, amazing. man! I'm I'm there. It's only yeah. up from here." And uh, you know, that was twenty five years ago almost. Yeah, that's funny. 
And here we are. But hey, man, it's a pleasure to talk to you, Nick. I'm really looking forward to the shows this weekend. And, well, thank uh, you so much for uh, for having me on, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it too. And yeah. uh, I I love playing the castle. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Now we do. Just so you know, as a little point of uh, talking about energy coming out, we had certainly had this last weekend. Lots of Christmas parties. Oh, we do. Okay. So, I'll be ready. I know that's a delight for uh, a comedian yeah, to that's hear. A little, that's, that's good to remember. The Christmas parties because it's, you know, 25 people who are only going because they don't want to get fired for not going to the Christmas party. Sure. <laughs> they're, trying oh, to, they're trying to enjoy this uh, event. and uh, Yeah. Yeah. But you're great, man. You're going to have a great weekend. I'm, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, I hope so. And uh, I look forward to it. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll see you there, man. It's going to be fun. All right. Thank you so much. Sounds good, Nick. Take care of yourself, buddy. All right. All bye-bye. Right, bye-bye. We were getting along pretty good there. <laughs> Nick, definitely a guy that I could see. I think I said this to him after I uh, I cut the tape, but uh, I said, it sounds like you and I are going to an old guy bar after the show this weekend. So <laughs> a couple of couple of prospects there. We've got the Royal Inn. We could go down to Ye Old Saloon. couple options there. I forget the name of the place that's a boat. <laughs> On John R. <laughs> Never actually been in that. That place is almost too depressing for me as I drive by. Now, there's, there's like two cars in that place. <laughs> what that is. But maybe me and Nick will go darken their door after the show this weekend. But you guys are going to love it. Nick Griffin, so funny. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the talk, man. I, it's one of those. I've said it a few times in the course of doing this show. I could have talked to that person all day. I know I said that about Emma Willman. I'm saying it about Nick Griffin, and uh, really enjoyed that talk. So anyway, thanks to you guys for listening. I mean, you know, the show getting a lot of good feedback. K. Trevor Wilson last week. I know a lot of people showed up. You guys liked that interview. And uh, his comedy advice, and with Nick, you, you heard, you heard about life. You heard about what happens to you as you get older. What happens to human beings, uh, uh, and how we deal with the pandemic, and how we deal with it. just so much good stuff. Uh, you guys are really going to enjoy that show this weekend. So please come out. Go to comedycastle.com. Get your tickets. And uh, thank you for listening to this show. Check us out on uh, Instagram. Check us out on Facebook. Show's always on Spotify, Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts. Get the Comedy Castle podcast. We'll catch you next week. All right, guys? Well, I'm out of here. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>